Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four of Crime Stoppers. See it, say it, stop it. A podcast that brings you informed discussion about unsolved crimes, wanted persons, awareness campaigns, and how citizens can remain anonymous to make their community a safer place. My name is Sean, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dimitri Tiano, detective with the Toronto Police Service, and Crime Stoppers Police Coordinator. Dimitri, how are you, my friend? Good, good, good. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, it's... Uh... You know, we're still in quarantine. I've lost count of the weeks and the days, but uh, it seems like every day is the same day lately. Well, we're uh, trying to keep ourselves busy, my friend, whether it's uh, working from home, uh, dealing with kids, wives, work, yeah, uh, contacting friends, making sure everybody's, everybody's uh, safe during this uh, pandemic. For sure. So getting into what you've been doing to keep busy, what, what it, like outside of, you know, the, you know, being, I guess, the homeschool teacher, for the kids and doing things around the house. What else have you been doing to keep busy? Um, just coming up with different ways to keep in contact with uh, my counterparts within the uh, detective world and continuing on with the Crime Stoppers program. Like we said, even though a lot of our lives have kind of temporarily stopped and are from our secured shelters within our homes, crime yeah. hasn't stopped. So we got to continue this program and continue to get these tips coming in so uh, we can maintain what we're doing so i'm working on this podcast i'm working uh like i said just tons and tons of emails coming in working on this emergency management uh protocol that we have within the toronto police service uh that kind of stuff yeah and it's you know the month of march obviously was a a weird month where you know this lockdown pretty much all started but uh, from a crime star, Toronto Crime Stopper standpoint, we had 606 tips, which is the highest so far in uh, 2020. That's pretty uh, outstanding, no? Yeah, well, you, you're having people, um, they're at home, um, they still know what's happening out there, they might have witnessed something, and they have a better chance to start researching and figuring out how to contact Crime Stoppers. Uh, a big influx was also a lot of uh, tips coming in in regards to this COVID emergency management order that came out from the city and the province. Yeah. So they're calling in a uh, big one was also the price gouging. Right. People are going to the stores. They're, they're, they're getting gouged on various uh, items, mostly for PPE items. So they're calling in and they're going on our website. They're right. giving us our tips, submitting a tip, basically telling us who is taking advantage of people during these troubled times. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I know we're going to get into, you know, that Emergency Management Act uh, a little bit later in the episode. You know, you know what I've been doing in, in, in quarantine? I mean, outside of being work, uh, busy with work and doing the Crime Stopper stuff. So yeah. you put me onto a TV show a couple of weeks back and I've heard about it, but I never really kind of got into it. Ray Donovan, bro. Yes, a nice, a nice plug out to Ray Donovan. This, this guy is a superstar. He's a fixer. He's... <laughs> He's a fixer. I mean, it's a it's a character. You know, he's from Boston, and I love the uh, get in the car, going to the bar. I mean, dude, this guy, I, I, he is an absolute rock star in my books. Um, so thank you for putting me on to onto that show. And then another show that uh, I kind of got into last night, um, and then we spoke earlier, and you've obviously have have watched it, and I don't know where I've been lately, but McMillions. Another another good. It's a small uh, six series show. Yeah. So you can easily easily bin watch mm-hmm. that in a night. But uh, it was pretty cool. It kind of goes into the scam mm-hmm. of the um, Monopoly game. 
Right. Uh, but yeah. I won't go. I won't go too much into it. I don't want to ruin it for people. But there's there's two choices that you have at least to get you through the next week or so. Yeah, um, for sure. If we're I still mean, in this pandemic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I mean, I've watched only two episodes so far uh, last night. But this FBI cat in the show, the the you know the young lead uh, special agent, his name is Doug Matthews. This guy is hilarious in in how he. Uh, articulates, you know, his involvement in the investigation. So, you know, as you said, Dimitri, I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but there's two outstanding uh, shows that if you haven't watched them, watch them. If you watch them, maybe rewatch them. But yeah, it's it's awesome. So, uh, getting into Listen, today's episode, of, speak, what's that, Dimitri? No, no, just speaking about rock stars. I think we we have one on on our line right now. Yes, I'm not sure we do. If, uh, yeah. We do. And, and so on today's episode, we have a special guest with us. Uh, his name is Max Lengua, the head of the Bolo program and a friend of the Toronto Crime Stoppers uh, program as well. And he's here to discuss what the pro, uh, Bolo program is, the important work they're doing. And then after we speak to Max and, and, and get all those details, we will also discuss the Emergency Management and Civil Protection Act, as I said, and end with an important message from my niece to adults and how we can end, uh, and, end, but help flatten the curve to get on the other side of COVID-19. So with that, it is time to introduce our friend uh, to Toronto Crime Stoppers and a friend to the uh, safety of all Canadians, Max Langlois. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm super well. Live from uh, Montreal in my COVID-19 hazmat suit. <laughs> nice. Perfect, how's, that, perfect. Uh, how's that treating you? <laughs> well, you know, I was listening at uh, uh, the beginning of your podcast and we're pretty much in the same situation as you guys are. Just working from home. Uh, uh, the program is still very active and we can talk about yep. it, of course. Uh, but, uh, you know, all things considered, I think... Uh, Everything is going super well, and uh, you were talking about flattening the curve. Mm -hmm. uh, we're getting there, I think. So, so Max, yeah, I hoping, have to ask: so. Is your um, hazmat suit a onesie? <laughs> it is, isn't it? I use it. I, I use it to go out to work from home, yeah. and also as a pajama. <laughs> Perfect. Multi-use. Multi-use. Nice. So, so Max, why don't you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, and then we'll kind of get into the the Bolo program and, and what that's all about. So basically, I, I studied uh, international relations and security. That's what I that's what I've been doing for the last 15 mm -hmm. years. So after my uh, my different degrees, uh, I worked for different organizations like Global Affairs Canada, the Royal Military College of Canada, mm -hmm. the United Nations in New York City, uh, the Interpol headquarters in Lyon, France. Uh, and uh, basically in uh, 2017, got that wonderful opportunity to not only to take the lead of the Bodo program, but to create it from scratch. Right. And that's what that that's what takes us to today's interview. Yeah. And, you know, thank you for, you know, all that you've done. And, and you know, you do have a really extensive history in the security slash law enforcement slash community safety uh, background in, in what you do. So let's get into the, the BOLO program. How was it started? Why was it started? And what is exactly 
the uh, the content of, of what you do with the Bolo program? So the Bolo program's mission is to encourage Canadians to be on the lookout for Canada's most wanted suspects. Mm. Uh, so uh, the idea has always been to be uh, complementary uh, as opposed to disruptive to what law enforcement and their partners like Crime Stoppers do. Right. So uh, behind the program is a Canadian charitable organization called the Stefan Christie Foundation. Okay. Stefan Cretier is the president, founder, and CEO of a very large Canadian company called Garda World. Uh, Garda World is a Canadian business success story. It's a company that started in Montreal 25 years ago, and that's now present in uh, about 40 countries around mm-hmm. the world. And Mr. Cretier uh, created his own private foundation to give back to the community about 15 years ago. But as you may imagine, he's a man of, a man of action right. and he's also someone who really cares about public safety. So he was looking for a program that will be contributing very tangibly to public safety across Canada. Right. And after you know, interviews with law enforcement officials and research, in 2017, the board of directors of the foundation shared by Mr. Kretier, hired me to uh, develop the program and to deploy it as well. Um, how does the, the program um, select the most wanted you know, individual to feature um, right across Canada? How, how does that whole process work? Hey, that's a very good question. Uh, it's, uh, so the program, let me tell you that the Bodo program launched uh, officially on May 1st, 2018. So about two years ago in Toronto, the first year was a year of development and uh, so we've been active for about two years. Uh, you know, it's it's not uh, you know perfect science to determine which cases should be featured. You know, there are some requirements that we're looking for. One of them is being that there must be a Canada-wide warrant for the suspect. Mm-hmm. Another one is that we must be talking about a serious slash major crime uh, having been committed. Now, you guys will probably agree with me that this is highly subjective. Uh, suggestive, you know, it's like people are will consider something grave while others are not going to consider sure. it as serious. But j- usually we were talking about, you know, uh, anything that's murder, aggravated assault, uh, anything that will be attempted murder and uh, even manslaughter. We have we've we've had cases so far for even like major money laundering Mm -hmm. cases or uh, kidnapping cases so when we first launched the program uh, we approached police services to get cases from them and because you know we were new and had to explain what we wanted to do and how we were going to do it so for the first months that's how we proceeded now i think we're more in a dynamic in which police services approach us uh, with their cases because they've heard about us and they know what they mm-hmm. do, they know what we do. Sorry. So, uh, but in the end, there's a Bolo program committee on which uh, active fugitive investigators from different police services in the country sit. And you know, the, I also sit in that committee. And the job of that committee is to determine which cases should be featured. Basically, if I can, if I can pipe in here, putting on my detective hat with Toronto, it's a great partnership that we have with Bolo and. Just to, just to touch on that point where your certain criteria of needing a Canada-wide warrant. Most people don't understand. 
So if, if I can clarify for them, the reason why, and correct me if I'm wrong there, Maxime, is when you have a Canada-wide warrant out, as an investigator, I know who the person is that's committed this crime. I don't need witnesses. I don't need people coming forward to come to court. All I need is to know where this suspect is, where they're currently located. So then we can set up, we can find this individual and we can bring them to justice. And that's something that Bolo looks into. We just need to know where these individuals are. Let's catch these Canada-wide wanted people. Is that correct there, Maxime? Yeah, so there are two, there are two components to, uh, to that. The first one is uh, you know, what you just talked about. When, when there's a warrant for a suspect, basically uh, a judge has signed a piece of paper following charges being laid against an individual. And that piece of paper mentions that, you know, ask police officers to bring uh, that suspect in front of him, in front of the judge, as soon as possible. So uh, that's, you know, when we're saying, uh, you know, people are wanted, there are different reasons they may be wanted. But when it reaches the threshold of a warrant being issued, uh, you know, we live in a rule of law. We live in a democracy and it, it's become it's become very serious. Uh, so. A judge will not sign that piece of paper for uh, for something, a crime that isn't serious or for or if he or she is not mm -hmm. sure that, uh, you know, there are good reasons to believe the suspect committed a crime. The second component is that, you know, what makes a warrant Canada wide is the way basically police services deal with the, the warrant from the administrative viewpoint. So uh, a Canada-wide warrant basically means that the warrant is being shared across the country and that all police services, all frontline police officers in their patrol cars, for example, can have access to the warrant. So in other words, if uh, there's a, a suspect wanted in uh, Vancouver uh, by the Vancouver Police Department and uh, there's a police officer in Halifax, Nova Scotia, coming across the suspect. Uh, he will have everything he needs to detain the suspect immediately and inform the Vancouver Police Department so they can they can come get him. So it's a you know, a bit of a an administrative layer, but the Canada war Canada wide warrant makes it basically available to all law enforcement officers across the country. Which speaks for the gravity of the crime committed. That's right. Having put out Canada-wide warrants myself and your provincial-type warrants, there is a bit of um, steps that we got to take as investigators. And one, so we can finish off that topic, one is going to Crown Attorneys after getting it signed by a judge and getting their authorization to make it Canada-wide. So there's aggravating factors in regards to um, the crime that's committed and the ones that Bolo puts out, like, like we covered, they do have aggravating factors and the crown attorneys, the prosecutors will be bringing these individuals from wherever they are. That doesn't say that just because it's a Canada wide warrant, like I said in previous episodes in this podcast, that crime doesn't have mm -hmm. borders. And neither, neither should Crime Stoppers or the BOLO program. So if there's someone that's on the BOLO program that's maybe hiding out in, uh, in the United States, investigators will be notified that they have this individual in the United States. We then can go to the courts 
and ask for an extradition warrant, which is another administrative step. But it doesn't mean that just because it's a Canada-wide warrant, you shouldn't be calling in with information. Let us as investigators know where this individual is, and we'll make sure that they can, they're brought back to Canada to face justice. Yeah, that's, that's all great uh, information and, uh, for, for the listeners. And, you know, Dimitri, you touched on, you know, if, if an individual is wanted in Canada but hiding out elsewhere, and you mentioned the United States, the first apprehension of uh, a BOLO person, a target of, of the BOLO program, how about you run us through who that was and where that person was located? So uh, when we launched in Toronto in May 2018 in cooperation with the Toronto Police Service, we started with what we called a pilot right. project. So Toronto Police Service provided four potential cases to us, and we decided to start uh, with two uh, launches on May 1st, 2018, and then we kept uh, you know, the other two cases for uh, right. uh, future launches. So on, I think it was July 15, 2018, we, we started to amplify, and this is how we call what we do. We conduct amplification campaigns. Uh, this is a side comment, but when we amplify or priority one and notice, that means we don't create the message. We don't distort right. it. We just boost it. So we take, we take essentially what was already communicated by the police service or the local Crime Stoppers program, and then we boost it. We boost it, and we'll talk about it later using right. all channels available. So on July 15, 2018, we started to amplify the Akil White uh, wanted suspect case. Akil White was a, uh, a young man from Toronto wanted for uh, the murder of a Hamilton man, uh, I believe. And uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, the murder occurred in the Jane mm -hmm. and Finch area of, of Toronto. And, uh, they, you know, there was uh, CCTV footage of the crime and Kill White was identified, my understanding, through uh, tips having come in following the broadcasting of the CCTV footage, but he was missing. So what the Bodo program did in cooperation with Toronto Crime Stoppers and also uh, Toronto Police Service, like I was saying earlier, uh, is to amplify the case. So we conducted a very intense Facebook uh, mm -hmm. uh, campaign targeting specific neighborhoods of Toronto, but also Toronto in general. And then, you know, tips started to come in. Tips don't come to us. They go to you, uh, Crime Stoppers, or to the police service directly, but we're notified of the number of tips coming in on a weekly basis. And then we we realized that tips mm -hmm. were coming in. And then, you know, uh, something I can tell you that uh, you know, right. investigations take time. Not only they take time, but the right it takes time for the right tip to come in. And we've seen cases on which, you know, investigators have received over 100 tips. And in one particular case, it's the 100 second right. tip that was the right one. Uh, in the case of Akil White, I think, you know, uh, 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 a lesser number of tips uh, was received but uh, at some point, my understanding is that, uh, well, I'm, I'm deducting that uh, uh, Crime Stoppers received a tip saying that uh, Akil White was in Atlanta, Georgia, in the United States, because that's mm -hmm. where I was arrested. So in early August 2019, got a phone call from uh, the detective in charge of the case, 
uh, the Toronto Police Service informing me that the Kill White was in custody in the US, that it was arrested by the United States Marshal Service. So we see there was like about of a, mm-hmm. like a year, a year long process that basically concluded that. Yeah, case. and I mean, it just goes to show as, as Dimitri said, you know, uh, crime has no borders, nor does uh, the Bolo program or Crime Stoppers. And, you know, this is one of those cases where, you know, the partnership between the Bolo program, our police service, um, and and getting tips coming in for this individual. Now, I also understand, you know, there's been another apprehension, um, a fellow by the name of Brandon Textera. And Max, I would I, I want you to kind of walk us through this and and more so the uh, the danger that this person had on the community. And when, you know, the police service uh, involved, I think it was multiple jurisdictions, made the arrest. It was almost like it was something out of a Hollywood movie. And how, you know, explain to us kind of how that played out from from your interpretation of, of what you know of, of that file. So Brent Texera was also uh, another murder suspect. For it was uh, wanted for a murder committed in uh, in uh, the lower mainland, the Vancouver uh, metropolitan region, uh, in 2017. So uh, the uh, one of the particularities of that case is that the uh, in that case the RCMP was in charge of the case with the integrated homicide investigation team in in the lower mainland. Almost arrested mm-hmm. Brent Dixer right after the charters were laid. Uh, but Texera managed to escape essentially a SWAT team, an emergency response team, uh, through pretty sophisticated uh, techniques that he used. He seemed to be well prepared yeah. uh, to escape. And so uh, that's basically when we were asked to step in and help the integrated homicide investigation team, I hit to amplify the case. So we started to work on the case a few months later and uh, were very active in the lower mainland region. So we had billboards up uh, for the wanted notice of Brent Dixera. We also conducted a very large scale Facebook campaign. Also, we distributed flyers in various uh, stores of the lower mainland for example, liquor stores, convenience stores, car rental agencies, making sure that right. everybody was going to be on the lookout for Dixera. We also offered, like uh, we always do now, almost always do, uh, a major reward of $50,000 wow. for any inf- information leading the arrest of, of Dixera. So, uh, you know, that's the case I was talking about earlier when I talked about 102 tips. So tips were coming in as soon as we started the campaign and they kept coming for months. But it's the, you know, it's over 100 tips that were received. And, uh, you know, at that at some point, I think the right tip came in that he was uh, in the United States and uh, in California in a small city. Uh, So uh, that's when... Uh, the RCMP and Hyatt uh, deployed a team there and in conjunction with uh, the local authorities uh, and the U.S. Marshal Service uh, conducted the arrest. There was an, uh, there's a lot of online content on that. And I you know any of the listeners can Google Brent Dexera arrest uh, California to see some great footage. But Dexera attempted again to evade arrest but this time there were three emergency response teams on the house. 
uh, he was in. So uh, basically, you know, he uh, after I think you know standing on the balcony of the house, he ran to a car and jumped in it and basically tried to escape. And the uh, uh, the the officers on site had to use uh, one of their armored vehicles to basically ram Texera's car into the house to make sure it was not going to escape because it was about to right to to run again and uh, I think in the end they had to use their canines to make sure that uh, Texera was going to cooperate that's all all these things I'm mentioning you know I'm yeah. not privy to any investigative details all these things have been made public and it's the the sheriff uh, of the Oroville uh, California Police Department that uh, oversaw the, invest, uh, the, uh, the arrest and gave extensive interviews. Yeah, after, for sure. And uh, I mean, it, it is all open you know source. What? You can Google, um, you know, all these cases. And, you know, I guess what I really wanted to do in, in, in talking about this, Max, was to reinforce, you know, the type of individuals um, that the Bolo program and the police services across Canada are, are looking for. They are not the most nicest, you know, people, if you will, within our community and, and the importance of the program and Crime Stoppers and the police working together uh, for the common goal of, of enhancing community safety by identifying where these uh, individuals are. And, you know, they're leaving, they're not in Canada, they're in the U.S., they're, they're elsewhere. So with, with that, can you, I guess, talk about, explain your view on the importance that Crime Stoppers has had in coming together with the Bolo program um, on these files. The uh, the role that Toronto Crime Stoppers, mm-hmm. but also Metro Vancouver Crime Stoppers, uh, Edmonton and Norton Alberta Crime Stoppers have played uh, has been tremendous. The uh, and this is something Dimitri talked about a little bit earlier, but you know usually uh, you know Crime Stoppers always yes. offers an anonymous channel to report tips uh and that's always highly valued by investigators but the particularity of what we do uh with these uh priority wanted notices is that their investigators are not looking for witnesses they're not looking for anyone to testify they're really only looking for the location of the suspect so it's a bit different than you know uh for for investigators it's different uh, to receive a tip, for example, on a murder case saying, hey, the gun is there under the staircase. And going there and noticing that the gun is indeed there, but it's not knowing how the information came in is a bit difficult because they're looking for evidence to go to trial. In this case, this whole evidence thing is basically completed. The charges were laid. Mm-hmm. There's even a warrant from a judge asking for the police officers to bring the suspect as soon as possible. So a tip can be really anything. Piece of paper under the door, a letter in the mail, a phone call, an email, a Crime Stoppers tip uh, for which the tipster can be entirely anonymous. Uh, and uh, so for, for, you know, and the vast majority of tips that Bolo program amplification campaigns have generated uh, basically have, have gone to... Uh, Crime Stoppers programs across the country. There's that component. I have to say as well that Crime Stoppers has uh, 
has been uh, very helpful and uh, and very kind in managing right. Bodo program rewards. Because the Bodo program doesn't receive tips, we rather direct people to existing tip channels like Crime Stoppers and Police Service tip lines. We cannot, you know, we cannot know, you right. know, to whom the money shall shall go. Uh, so when we pay a fifty thousand dollar rewards, not only we cannot know who the tipster is, that's confidential or even anonymous in the case of a Crime Stoppers tip. Uh, but you know, if we cannot know who the tipster is, we right. cannot channel the money to him or her. And this is where Crime Stoppers, uh, especially in Toronto, has been tremendously helpful. So basically, we have an agreement with different Crime Stopper uh, Crime uh, Stoppers chapters in the country. And the money, the reward money that we have, typically $50,000, is put in a trust account uh, through a duly signed agreement. And the day Crime Stoppers requires the funds to pay tipster, then the funds are channeled to Crime Stoppers and the rewards are paid. So, you know, Crime Stoppers really, you know, been playing a twofold role in uh, the deployment of the BOLO program. And... It's certainly been noticed on our side and in the community. Well, and we thank you. I'll tell that. you. I'll tell you, Max. I want to. Sure. I want to say thank you to you as well. I know that me and Sean had a opportunity to come down there and meet you and your team in person. And moreover, we were very happy to meet Mr. Cretier and the Garter World employees. See, we always talk at Crime Stoppers how combating crime is a shared responsibility and keeping people safe, but if I can talk on the Toronto side as well, Toronto police side, we also look at partnering with uh, stakeholders within Toronto. And you are a prime example of that partnership. Here you are, you have a foundation, you're putting up all this money for a reward. But what people don't understand is this amplification program that you guys put on, most police officers and investigators, I've done a number of major crime uh, investigations didn't know that this something this existed. So once we put you in contact with that investigator, it's almost like a breath of fresh air. And that amplification program costs you guys a lot of money as well. So I want to give you guys kudos. I want to say thank you again to not only uh, the Bolo Foundation, but to everybody behind it that uh, does all these amplification and advertisements for our cases because it's a real, real big, strong tool for the investigators um, to have you guys. Uh, yeah, and I would. Uh... Thank you. No, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, you know, we're in 2020. Uh, our uh, society, uh, Canada as a whole, uh, is very. You know, we live in a complex society in which there are a lot of uh, stakeholders and different people and organizations playing different roles in public safety. We see it in public health right now. It's not any different, you know, and like you said, uh, Dimitri, public safety is a shared responsibility. We all have a role to play and we're happy to play a role and we're going to keep playing and, it. And right now, just so we can maybe uh, give a little plug to the Bolo, what's your website? Cause right now everybody's at home. I know that everybody's got a phone or a computer in front of their face. Cause they're, they're, they're bored, <laughs> let's say it. So they could do a lot of research. A lot of these people are on your website, the Bolo website. So they can go there and they can see these people. Some of our listeners might know who these people are. 
they might have them on a social media feed. And all of a sudden, you know, one of these wanted people are posting uh, at their house or they're posting at a hotel or they're posting somewhere. That can be sent to us at Crime Stoppers or um, to the police themselves. So we know where these individuals are. So what's your website, your social media handles? So uh, you can check out our website at Bolo, B-O-L-O program in one word, dot org. And, uh, you know, you mentioned something that's quite right, actually. It's, uh, you know, I, I'll admit myself, it's not uh, a good period to be on the lookout because we're all inside. Yeah, so yeah. It's rather difficult but to so are these, keep an but eye so are out these, for one of so these bad guys, right? Well, they are, but, you know, it's an excellent moment. I know if you're tired of watching Netflix, yeah. it's an excellent moment to take 30 minutes of your time and to go through the 11 active cases we have right now. Because, you know, uh, not only we put all the information there on, on every and each case, for example, where to submit your tip and, you know, the case description and description of the crime and description of the suspect, but we have uh, videos that we put together for every case. So there's something I know, you know, uh, that's uh, quote unquote entertaining to do uh, in learning about the suspects, but also indeed, I can tell you for each of the suspects we're featuring right now, someone in Canada knows where they are. It's almost inevitable. Someone knows uh, or many people know and uh, they're not, submitting tips so with the rewards we're trying to offer the right incentives for them to submit these tips uh but you know you may know someone who may know who may know and this is like you know basically very complex web of of things happening but we highly encourage people to visit our website uh, we're active on uh facebook instagram twitter as well uh by uh, uh handle bolo program uh, sorry, on uh, Instagram, we're uh, at Bolo Canada. And uh, it's like the more the information we feature gets circulated, better it is. And so check out, so check out our website, uh, like, share our stuff on Facebook mm-hmm. and other social media. That's highly critical. That's community part. And just so you know, um, we, I know that Sean was looking into the uh, podcast analytics and we are getting a lot of uh, listeners and again, we want to give you a shout out to uh, yes. the UK, uh, United States, and, in, and all across Canada. So this is another way that we can get your message across. So BOLO, just to remind everybody, I know that I've spoken about it before. It's be on the lookout. And uh, there's a number of cases. Max is a great guy that's running this program with his uh, behind the scenes people, which I want to give a shout out as well. Um, and that's what, that's what I got for BOLO. Is there anything... Uh, coming up nice and fresh not that you're going to give us who you're looking at but uh is there anything fresh that you know i I know that you were shooting a video you getting that video done or what's happening now is everything on hold now we have a nice uh corporate video coming up i can tell you uh your listeners can expect a major bolo program announcement by the end of 2020 uh I have to say that the current situation may be postponing uh, that big announcement by a few months, but, uh, you know, my objective is always to stay the course uh, on our uh, annual 
uh, goals. So I think there's going to be something uh, big coming so, in the fall. I'm hoping. Yeah. You know, if if we're so not let's still in be a on the lookout for all these uh, wanted parties and be on the lookout for this new campaign. Yeah, That's for awesome. sure, Maxime. Thank you, my friend, for uh, joining us Absolutely. on the call today. Um, you know, as uh, as was said, please check them out at thebolaprogram.org uh, on social media. You know, I guess we need to come up with a new theme song of bad boys, bad boys. What you going to do? What you going to do when the Bolo program comes for you? What do you guys think about that, Max? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, well, you know, I just found my I singer, think so I think we'll good, have to uh, you know? go back. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, the yeah. we'll have to get that. Yeah, because yeah, no, you don't. Yeah, we'll be losing yeah, listeners if yeah, I start singing. Yeah. So. yeah, we should just keep it. All right, Max. <laughs> I, yeah I thanks man for coming on and uh look look out uh, for campaigns Thank coming down the road from me. the bolo program what a great discussion we had with our friend max from the bolo program very informative and it's always nice to see private organizations are out there supporting our canadian police service partners and helping make our communities from coast to coast a safer place yeah it's always a great time to uh meet up with and speak to maxime partnerships are always um something that the toronto police tries to engage and has engaged right across the city. So to have a company like Garda World and its foundation, Bolo, uh, jump on board to help uh, organizations right across the country is great. At the end of the day, we've always said, and I keep on saying that crime has no borders. So agencies, the public all have to play a role in keeping us safe. So sure. uh, thanks again to Max and uh, thanks for jumping onto our podcast here. Yeah, awesome. And I guess that brings us to our next uh, topic for today's episode, Dimitri, and it's the Emergency Management and Civil Protection Act. And, you know, I guess over to you as the, you know, police officer, the, the detective, the, you know, expert kind of in, in, in this area here of, you know, what's transpired over the last four or five weeks. You know, what does it really mean? And, and what is Toronto Police and yourself? Because I know you're on a, you know, specialized assignment, if you will. And uh, what is Crime Stoppers doing to support our, our police partners out there to kind of curb the uh, COVID-19 virus. Listen, I'm no expert when it comes to uh, COVID or what's happening to us. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody is. But what I have seen is the city of Toronto has come together. Um, the mayor, the premier have been doing a great job trying to get behind this. Um, sure. Dr. DeBella Dr. has been awesome with all her findings and trying to curb um, this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. So some of the ways the city um, has been doing, uh, and sorry, has been trying to help out is, one, they came up with an Emergency Management and Civil Protection Act. That came from the province. It's come down to the city. And um, you, you're hearing a lot in social media on Six Buzz and whatnot, um, tickets being issued, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that are closed, your bars, your restaurants, hairdressers, um, the list goes on and on, all licensed child care centers, theaters, concert venues, public libraries. The city went further um, to combat it. Over the last month, I can say now, we've all lost kind of track of time, mm -hmm. the city has been cautioning people, stay at home, let's curb this together. I know it's difficult. Myself, I'm at home as well. Um, my wife's working from home. A lot of my friends are working from home. It is, it is difficult, especially when you have kids, some more active than others. You want to get out. You have backyards. If you don't have backyards, keep your distance. Don't right. hang out. 
don't, don't take this opportunity more or less, I feel, um, like an extension of March break or right. to hook up with your friends and have a barbecue. This isn't a time that we should be taken advantage of. We, we, we got to keep a routine going. We got to maintain that distance. And unfortunately, sometimes people don't get the caution. There's mm-hmm. only so many times we can caution people. We have to get this through that we have to curb COVID-19 or else it's just going to prolong and prolong and it's going to get even worse. Yeah. So um, by doing that, they came up with the Emergency Management and Civil Protection Act and some of the charges that they lay are not having your distance or being with people that aren't part of the same household. You can always go visit the Ontario.ca uh, website and it spells everything out for you. Have a read, know what your rights are, know what you can and cannot do. So when you do get approached by either municipal licensing and standards officer or a Toronto public health officer, and they ask you for your ID or they tell you you can't be here, you should know why they're saying that. Right. And you should... and prevent it by not going there. People were driving their vehicles to the various parks and overloading the parking lots because mm-hmm. they all want to go to the same park. I get it. But now they've got barriers. You can't drive your vehicle down there. So don't waste your time. You want to ride your bike around your neighborhood? Go ahead. You want to go for a walk? Go ahead. Get some fresh air. Try to keep your distance. It's very, it's, it's, it's simple, but it's troubling times. So a lot of people don't understand. Or a lot of people just don't have the social media aspect. Some don't have TVs. So they're not getting the messages, but we're trying our best to get it out there. So yes, Toronto police have issued and will continue to issue uh, tickets on this uh, Emergency Management and Civil Protection Act. But our goal is to educate people. So we are going out there. The overwhelming majority of officers are cautioning people. They are getting it. The people are being respectful. They are understanding. They are approaching officers with questions. So everything's going smooth. You will get the odd case that comes through. But remember, there's always two sides to every story. Yep. So just keep an open mind and worry about yourself and your family right now and stay healthy. So that's yeah. the uh, Emergency Management Protection Act um, that's out there. Um, everybody knows what's closed and what's not open. And if you want clarification, go to the Ontario.ca uh, website. That's great messaging, yeah. Dimitri. And, and I know, you know, outside of, of you being, you know, in your role with Toronto Crime Stoppers, I know you've kind of been assigned and that's probably your phone ringing in the background for this assignment of um, working with the Toronto Police and all the stakeholders across the city to, to kind of help manage, you know, the information that's coming in. And, you know, Crime Stoppers has been a huge resource and, and people are calling in tips to us. Um, you know, these, the, the tickets that you will receive, if you receive one, it, it, I think it's a thousand dollars, right? Is, am I right with that or? That's correct. And, uh, some charges in the parks, it can reach up to a thousand dollars. So, I mean, listen, everyone, if, if you're listening to the podcast and, and, and just kind of understanding all of this right now, please stay home. I mean, a thousand dollars, that's a lot of money for, for you to be ticketed with. Again, I'll reiterate uh, what Dimitri, you said to start off this segment, you know, the mayor, the premier, uh, our health officials, the chief, uh, the fire chief, um, all of the officers and, and the bylaw officers in the city of Toronto have done an amazing job out there trying to protect the community and curb the, uh, you know, the COVID-19 virus. So earlier this week, uh, it was my niece's 13th birthday. And so when I called her and we were catching up and wishing her happy birthday, 
the conversation obviously started and, and probably ended with, uh, you know, being in self-isolation and being quarantined. Um, and Evelina, who is my niece, had an important message when we were talking, and it was for the adults out there. And it's kind of going along the same lines of, to meet what we just talked about here, of, of helping, you know, flattening the curve and, and getting on the other side of COVID-19 and self-isolating and not taking this as an opportunity, as an extended vacation to go out and hang out and play sports and do all those sorts of things. So, uh, you know, with that, you know, let's have a listen to uh, the conversation that I had with uh, my niece, Evelina. Every day we continue to hear reports in the news or see examples over social media of adults in our community who clearly don't get it and are not following the isolation, quarantine, or physical distancing regulations that have been implemented to stop the spread of COVID-19. So how do we remain active in addressing this non-compliance? How do we get adults to listen and understand that we all need to be part of the solution to overcome our current situation? Well, Maybe one avenue is to hear from our young people, our youth, our kids, and understand the impact this is having on them and their future. Today, we're going to talk to and hear from my niece, Evelina. Today, actually, is her 13th birthday, and she is celebrating it responsibly in the isolation of her home with her mom, her dad, and younger sister, Talia. One I'm sure she would like to, as most kids, celebrate her milestone birthday as a teenager in the company of her friends as well. For her birthday, of all things, Evelina wanted to share an important message. And coming from a young person, it should be heard as a powerful message for us adults. Let me first start by saying, Evelina, happy 13th birthday. Thanks. What are you up to today? Um, today, I'm just doing the usual stuff like reading and going outside. What are you doing outside? You playing soccer? Does your dad got you doing some drills or what? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of soccer. Hey, that's good. At least you're keeping active and keeping your mind active with reading and whatnot. So I guess a a strange question to ask. Do you miss school? I do, actually. Really? Yeah. What is it that you miss? I miss having stuff to do, like extracurricular activities and my friends, of course. Yeah, I bet. Isn't it strange that if I asked you this question probably five or six weeks ago, you'd be like, miss school? Uh, No, I want it to be over with. Yeah, probably. It's crazy, crazy time. So how are you staying in contact with your friends now? Are you guys on FaceTime and stuff? Yeah, I usually text them. We have group chats and stuff. And then usually I FaceTime them. Well, that's pretty cool. And what about uh, schoolwork? You guys still doing schoolwork? Is your teacher sending you stuff? Yeah, it started like last week. I started to get work. Not work like I usually do at school, but just mm-hmm. a little bit of stuff. Well, that's good. I mean, hopefully you guys can uh, finish off your school season, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. So if you had a message to everyone, especially at, uh, the adults, to stop the spread of COVID-19, what, what would that be? I would just say listen to all the people who are telling you to stay home and stop coming in contact with other people. Yeah, isn't it? It's strange, though, when we see in the news that adults aren't listening, yet here you are turning 13 today and being responsible. Mind you, I'm sure your mom and dad have a lot to say about that, but you're being responsible and not having friends over and all that sort of stuff to celebrate your 13th birthday. Yet we have some of these adults in our community who are just not listening and going out. Yeah, I really don't understand. Yeah, it's it's really uh, it's really crazy. You know what they're probably all out doing? Buying toilet paper. 
<laughs> toilet paper. Exactly. You read my mind. Um, yeah, weird. But so thanks for taking, uh, you know, five minutes out of your day uh, on this special day of your 13th birthday to help get the message out there. And, you know, if these adults are not listening to, uh, you know, our health professionals, Hopefully they get this message from you, Evelina, and they will start falling in line and being more compliant. So uh, the quickest way that we can get back to somewhat of a normal reality of what we are all used to is truly to listen to our healthcare professionals and the positive message from Evelina. Please practice self-isolation, and if you need to venture outside, ensure you practice physical distancing. We are all in this together. We need to follow the rules and the guidelines in place by Health Canada. If not for yourself, do it for everyone else. Do it for our young people, our youth, like Evelina, and all the other kids in our community so they can get back to just being kids. As we conclude, I would like to remind everybody that community safety is a shared responsibility. See it, say it, stop it. Remember, you remain anonymous. Criminals don't. For more information, please visit us at 222tips.com and follow us on social media. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to stay connected and join the conversation. Please share our podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, or show ideas, please email us at crimestopperspodcast at gmail.com. Once again, thanks everyone for listening from across the globe. Yes. And like I always say, let's uh, make sure that we stop crime one tip at a time. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? When you were eight and you had bad treats, you go to school and learn the golden rule. So why are you acting like a bloody fool? If you get hot, then you must get cool. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do?